0: Welcome folks to tonight's session, and tonight I'm going to be dealing with the topic entitled Mixed Seed. And a lot of people don't understand what it means to have mixed seed operating in your life. And so tonight i want to just quickly and briefly deal with this topic and I want you to go and sit down and evaluate where you are at. Are you planting solid seed in your life or are you operating from a mixed seed platform? Because God really wants us to deal with some things in our lives. A lot of people just started to got this concept. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior, and then I can just continue doing what I was doing yesterday. I can operate exactly the same way that I was operating yesterday, and I can just do what I like, because there's this grace period over the earth. In other words, it doesn't look like God's really judging people. You say, God, why is it that you can do whatever you want, and whether you do good or whether you do bad, it seems to not be making a difference. You know, God, you just got this thing going, well, let's have a look at this thing, and tonight I want to just deal with this C and how it is going to impact your life. And why is C, and how do I change it? Because it's specifically two elements that I want to deal as we get into the world. Alright, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 19, and this is a command that God gave in the Old Testament, This is a very interesting one. It says this, You shall keep my statutes, and you shall not let your livestock breed with another kind. Alright, you shall not sow your fields with big seed, nor shall the garment of mixed linen and wool come upon you." In other words, God was saying, Listen, I don't want you to mix this stuff up. And there were specific reasons why God said this. This is why we end up with mules. A mule cannot reproduce. Did you know that a mule is infertile? It cannot reproduce. Why? Because it was mixing already. And this mixing does not bring something that is pure. So God had said to them, listen, I never want you to be a big seed in anything that you do. Remember He said to the nation of Israel, I want you to stay over don't mix with other nations. And wherever there was a big seed, there was always a complication and there was always a curse for them to do it. That is why, if you go to speak picture, have seen this many times, the story of the Samaritans. The Samaritans were a mixed seed. They were a mixture of Israel, the northern kingdom, that had been taken captive by Syria and the Assyrians. And the two independent Ukrainian Samaritans. That's why the parable of the Good Samaritan was so significant. Because for somebody there was not worth anything in Israel. They totally rejected the Samaritans because they were mixed seed. So God had said right through, I need you to keep your seed pure. I need your seed to go into holy ground. I want you in your field to make sure that you deal with something correctly. Now, some of the reasons why God had told them this was very simple was that they. That it says is everything being born again, not of corruptible seed, but incorruptible, through the word of God, which lives and abides forever. In other words, you are born again by the word of God. But this is interesting. it says you're born by incorruptible seed, and the Bible says that incorruptible seed is the word of God. The word of God was given to you, and it starts to grow in your life. So. This And just and I often sit down and go, God, how many times must I keep on you feeding your sheep because they don't grow? There are many times when I sit down and go, I give the truth, I give the truth, and it's not my opinion, it is the word of God, and I'll give the truth and I'll give the truth, and I get so frustrated. I say, God, I understand why Moses, comes with this idea. know, I get so frustrated with the people. And so one day I was sitting in one of my pretty parties and I sat down and I was speaking to a pastor and I was like, I can pull my hair out. At that stage I actually wanted to close my own cell. I've been running this home cell and there wasn't much fruit developing out of this home cell. And I've been sowing and I've been proud and I've been faithful and I've really been trying to give the word of God and every week I'll sit down and I'll hear what God wanted and I'm sowing and I'm sowing and I'm sowing and, and, and there was absolutely no fruit coming from this house. And I said to God, God, no, I can't do this anymore. In fact, Janine and I had agreed that January, when we opened up again, was going to be the last home cell. was going to get everybody together and say goodbye. And I just had, had enough of sewing and sewing and sewing and nothing was happening. To my total shock and amazement, I woke up at the home cell and suddenly everybody had changed. Over the three weeks that I had been away. I said, God, what happened in the time that it was gone? And I never got a clear answer. Until I was sitting with the pastor one day and he said to me, Arthur, never, ever regret the sowing of seed into somebody's life because seed only germinates when the conditions are right. Do not think that you sowing the seed, and Paul said, some will sow, some will water, some harvest. Don't ever think that you sowing the seed is a waste of time. You spending time with people is a waste of time. You know, I have very many students in my life and the one of the biggest frustrating parts of students is they get to a study where they say, they don't need to learn anything from me anymore. You know, there is a time when they get to that point. I've had many students who sit down and go, listen, I'm still ever calling, so I'm equal with you, so you can't teach me anymore, so I'm going. So I almost God bless you bye. And sometimes I've been quite fed up. Sometimes I've been hurt. Sometimes I said, God, some of them I've really picked up from the gutter. I've gotten to this place spiritually. We are about to use it, and I'm hard to get them. to they're in positions whatever, and now they run off. I said, God, some of them I've really put many hours in, it. and then they run off. Then five years later, they'll come back, and then suddenly they will have really understood everything we're right trying to have taught them. They've gone through hell, everything's broken and bust, but they'll come back and they'll say, listen, we now understand the principles that you're to tell us in the first place. And I'll say to God, God, what is it that this is, why does this happen? Why is this process so often? And so God clearly said to me, he says, the seed needed the correct soil. And generation conditions for it to germinate. When they go through hell, they eventually start turning to God, and then all of a sudden, all that stuff comes back to their remembrance. And then they start applying it because God starts working in their lives. So I want you to know something. Let's go to Mark chapter 4 quickly. Mark chapter 4 says the following. And we know this parable very well, and I'm not going to go through the whole thing. It's the parable of the soul. Now you're sitting down and you see the different. Um, that take place. Mark chapter 1st, first three to eight, and you see how that the stone comes and it out of the same sea, but onto different places—the stony ground, the rocky ground. You know, like, all of a sudden, it looks like this is not going to take root. But somewhere along the line, it takes root in some people's lives. And so, the question is this. That person doesn't do the same anymore. Come on. It's one structure that it says, and it produces so much, that it changes a person's life. Now I enjoy that. But here comes the problem. Here's the first element I want to deal with. If the Bible speaks about a mixed seed operating in our lives, what does it mean in our day and time? Your first issue of Dixie is the Word of God mixed with the natural. Five senses have. Uh, what you pick up from the natural and your reasoning and the Word of God, that becomes a mixie. Do I follow God's way or do I follow what I see before me? que no. estábamos do what the Bible says. Yeah, sure. Come on. I know the word pretty well, and there is stacks of stuff the Bible says that I should be doing that I'm not doing. There's stacks of things that I know that I should be doing differently. Why don't I going to do that? Well, there's lots of reasons why we don't do that. Because we get emotionally involved in the situation of the crisis that you the in. First. Secondly, in that adverse, you can be discouraged, you can be tired of doing good. Tell not you're you discouraged. Well, God, why must it still be nice to somebody? You know, you just want to get an anointing or snack. You know, with this thing of forgive somebody 17 times 7, how many times must you forgive You understand? There's a lot of things why we keep in that place. And one of the biggest things that bring us that it is a lot easier to do things according to the nature. It's a lot easier. Every time you do something spiritual or you do something in line of the word, a lot of people around you don't understand what you do. Does not make sense? Because most of you the opposite of what you don't read. It's like if somebody steals from you, what's the natural thing to do? Fire them? Get them arrested. Okay? Yet the Bible says each of you still no more. So who's going to keep your bounce staff? who's stealing from you? Most of us know. But yet the word God says you're not still. You understand? an example. So we have got to get to the place in our lives where we look at our lives and say, God, what do I have as we seen? What do I have in my life that's stopping me from operating in the pure because only the viewer says he's going to give you 30, 60, 100, of in my life. So that's why the Bible says that we need to keep meditating on the Word. We need to keep on the Word. Keep on the Word. It says, God, in this situation, what do I do Do i go the natural root, or do I go to the spiritual root? What does your Word say I was doing in this situation? The second area that we need to look at when we talk about big is how many people are very prophetic? How many people hear from God and you just know that you hear from God? They're not sure if you're prophetic or not. Some of us are very prophetic. The problem that I've got in this area is this. Which source are we getting our information from prophetically? Are you getting it directly from God or are you getting it from something else? How do you know what the difference is? The first thing we need to do is check it out with the Word of God. There are some people that genuinely Get the most sweaty things and they call it God said. You don't know, come to me and say, God said something, I can't argue with you. I'm not going to come against God and God really spoke to you, even if I don't understand. So if you're in you want to put an argument with me very quickly, you just say, God said, I'm you But if you say, I feel I'm not sure what I've said, or so I've picked up something, then we can test it out. It takes, the Bible says yes, test spirit. And we say, ah, that must be God. No, it's not always God. Because we are prophetic and we can pick up stuff, we've got to make sure that we're picking up the right stuff. How do I don't know? It's like, take a dish. You can just turn the dish slightly skewed. You're picking up a lot of different frequencies than even can straight straighten You know? maybe even say something. Your radio dial, you just turn it slightly off you sitting on a channel that is not what you were looking for. And so what happens is this people's lives can easily be swayed to and fro until you know God's voice. Until you know exactly what God said in your life. There have been times when I've listened. Why? Because I did not stop to judge it. I did not stop to check it. I did not stop to make sure that this was God. How do I know if it's God? Very simple. Number one. Write this down, it's going to help you. How do I teach something? Number one, is it, is it in the Word? You know, if it goes right in the Word, that's not God. That was you having to explain Or something else was operating there, it was not God. Then you stop getting mixed in. I've got people that sit down and stop and say, well, God gave me a word for you, brother, and they stop tearing them apart. The Bible says prophecies for exaltation, encouragement, not for breaking down and destroying you. That's not prophecy. You are hearing the wrong spirit, brother, or you just didn't like it when you said, God said You know, I don't like you, so I say what I want to say. and say, God said it. Hallelujah. Now, if you're better, you will be good In the name of the Lord. Okay. Number one is I need to check that it's in the word, lies upon the word. Secondly, I don't act hastily, Unless it's a warning that like God says, listen, you know, phone your spouse right now or do something immediately. And it's a warning: you don't act hastily. God's not in a rush. God doesn't suffer and have this issue with hyperventilation. God, and yes, I'm stretching. I'm bit out with you. reoccurring in my life all the time. It said, Come like, back, come back, come back. Alright? And number three, ask somebody who is spiritual to dejects. Do they also have peace about this? Because out of the two or three agreeing on something, it starts establishing something in this so world. If somebody pray with this and I agree with you, that is our God, then I do it. But you stop this next seed idea. I want us to be close with this Matthew chapter 30. I want to show you why God is not sorting out. Okay? the world right now. How many of you ask this question? God eyes and people are doing stuff right, and I have doing stuff wrong, seem to get away with it. Why don't we show you what it's all about? Matthew chapter 13. 24 no, it's not this verse. Alright, now I'm going to disarm with I'm looking for a scripture me, I'm looking for the, the just look for weeds, that are of the weeds. What is Matthew like 13 verse? 14? 14. 14. 14. 14. 14. 13, 13. 14. verse? 24. Is 13. Verse. 24? 14. Yes. Okay, I was in the wrong book. <laughs> I want to take five seconds. Okay. Matthew chapter 13, 24, it says another parable that he puts forth to him, it says, The kingdom of heaven, in other words, where God's reign, okay, is like a man who sown good seed in his field. But while he was asleep, his enemy came and saw tears among the wheat and went his way. And when the grain started and produced crop, that tear also appeared. In other words, God was mixed, good and bad, operating on the same field. And so the servant of the owner came in and, and said, Sir, And he said, to him, said, enemy came and did this. And then he said, the servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them all up? He said, no, unless while you gather up the tears, you also uproot the wheat with them. In other words, while you get rid of all the rubbish, you're going to damage the real stuff. See, it's like God coming to destroy the earth with fire, like something who bore it. He can't just go and do that, because he's going to mess up with some of the Christians in between this one. So he says, Don't worry, you can not going to meet with him. Let both grow together until the harvest. At the time of the harvest, I will say to the reef person, First gather the tears, divide them in bundles and burn them, and gather the wheat into my barn, into my house. God's giving a time, because right now the mixture mix up and hurt people. And God saying, listen, this looks like things are going paid on this planet, but there's a time coming, when it's time for me to sort this out, then I'm going to say, listen, the bad is going to be sorted out, then I'm going to collect all the good, and they're going to be together with me forever. So I want you to know something very important, guys. Just because there is a mix seed operating on this earth does not give us the license to operate like that. Because there's a mixture of right and wrong, and a mixture of just do what you want. And don't worry, there's no real consequence for this thing. Does not give us the liberty to do that in our lives? We, God has said that, and said, God, give me the good, solid soil with the good, solid word, Because that word is going to produce a uniform in my life of our to, that will change my life and will give me the results that I need in Jesus' name. So I want to challenge us tonight this. Number one, check where you are operating and making decisions out of the natural instead of sticking to the genuine Word of the Lord, the Bible. And number two, every single time you think that you've heard God, test it. Check it out. Is it in the Word? Is it reoccurring? Do I have confirmation from somebody who tested with me? And then you go not do it when it's right. Because I believe with all my heart that God does not want us to operate in we see anymore. Meek see is damaging the body of Christ. One step forward, three steps backward. Why? Because it's a lot easier to do it that way. It's popular to do it that way. It's the way the world's going. Let's all do it. It's all go it this And God's saying this far no further. I expect my church to be open. I expect my church to obey the word. Not for the sake of God wants to bring the word. But He says, if you do it this way, you are going to get spiritual results. The word of God produces the result. The word of God brings faith that changes everything. You know, if you want to look at Jesus' life, the only currency that He had while He operated on earth was faith. Did you know that? The only currency that He had. Faith is a currency. I believe for something and I can get something, that's why it says, do buy it when you don't have money. Okay? Come and get it, you don't have it. What? You can call, faith can turn anything around, but faith only only operate it word of God. If you have five senses, it goes against the word. Let me give you an example. Lazarus was dead. Don't you think your five senses would be sick, there's no more. Yeah. Come on, the guy's been dead, most like two hours for three days, he's already been buried. And then Jesus walks up and says, Oh, are you so stupid? How would you do that? Your five senses would have gone 100% against what Jesus Christ. Did. Do you understand? Everything that you do in the five senses is in the natural, the only thing that overrides it is, is the word of God. So even if like things are dying in front of you, you can say the word of God. I'll the word of God. My head, right? The word of God is going to produce 30, 60, fold in my life. Whatever I say, as long well as it's not in the word, I'm going to change it. It's my currency. i can bring destiny to you. I can bring unity to you. I can bring hopeless to you. As long as I don't mix it with the natural. Let's way. Lord, I thank you. That you're working in for each one of us in Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that tonight we will start taking stock of our lives. And Lord, wherever we've got big see Lord, we're going to start eradicating it in Jesus' name. Lord, wherever we are listening and we're picking up the wrong frequency, God, I thank you right now that you're going to show us these things. Lord, that we will test it out and that we will make sure that when we release the word, it was the genuine word of God. Lord, that we can sit down and talk people up and bring them to the destiny of the that you've got for them. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen.